I got a question for you. Have you ever asked the question, how much do I give? You're going to give an offering or or even going on a missions trip and you say, how much do I give? What's the right amount? Like, I'm not just talking about finances, but do I go? Am I supposed to go? How much do I commit myself? How much time? How much resources? How much skill? How much do I give? And the answer to that is you give obedience. Obedience is always the right answer, no matter if it seems like it's a little or it seems like it's a lot. Obedience is always the right answer. And so you seek the Lord. Now, the interesting thing about obedience is how can you hear to be obedient if you're not in communication with God, if you're not in fellowship with Him? And the Lord says this in John chapter 14 and verse 15. John 14 and verse 15. He says this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Or if you love me, you will be obedient. So a lot of times we'll say, well, I love you, or Lord, I love you. But you understand that if the love of God equates to obedience and we're not obedient to the things of God, then we're truly not proving our love to Him. If we love Him, we'll keep His commandments. If we love Him, we'll be obedient. No matter what it is, no matter what's going on, if we love him, we'll be obedient. Many times I've, I've you know, thought to myself, Lord, I love you, I want to do things for you. And then it comes down to it and the Lord asked me to do something. He asked me to, like with Abigail's testimony, he asked me to put my feelings aside and live by faith. And obedience is living by faith, not living by the feelings. And, and then yet I'd live by my feelings. But am I proving my love? No, I'm proving that I love my flesh and I love my feelings more than I love God. Because love is going to equate, at least indirectly, to obedience. Now, the thing about obedience is, and I want you to see this, there's a fine line between obedience being a payment and obedience being a love. So, obedience, when I love God and I follow His commandments, I'm not just looking to pay a payment. Well, if I'll be obedient, then things will go well for me. In other words, if we're focused on what we're getting back and we're doing this not because we love, but because we want it to go better in our lives, we're turning obedience into a payment. But obedience doesn't need to be a payment. Obedience needs to be something that comes out of our heart. Lord, I long for you. So a lot of times, how many people have ever given an offering and you feel like I'm not receiving the harvest that I should be getting? Like I'm sowing seed, but I'm not receiving the harvest. The odds are that either one, you're not being obedient in the first place, or two, you don't have the heart of a cheerful, loving giver. And your giving is a payment. Well, I need to go give my tithes and my offerings because if I don't, I don't want to walk in the curse. Or, or it can be this. God's obedience says, okay, I want you to give $10 today or 
$50 today or whatever it is for you, but you're like, well, let me give more because I really want to pay a higher amount so I can have a higher amount back. I understand the Word does say that if you sow a little, you're going to reap a little, and it's saying that for a reason. In other words, but our heart has to move to the place where it says, I want to give more because I love Him. Not just because I want a bigger harvest, but what's motivating my actions? What is motivating my actions? Is the love of Christ motivating my actions? Or is just increase motivating my actions? Now, does God want you to increase? Without question, He wants you to increase. But He wants you to increase as your soul prospers or as your heart moves to the place of love and moves in obedience for the love of God, not just to make a payment. He wants you to increase. 3 John chapter 1 and verse 2, Beloved, above all things I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So as you grow in your prospering of the soul, God wants you healthy and He wants you wealthy, but He wants that to happen as your mind comes to a new level in your love of God. In other words, He doesn't want your mind to not grow to the level of love, and then he, but He prospers you anyway because then the prosperity that you receive in your health and in your wealth without your mind also prospering you will use it for the wrong things. You'll start, you'll go and you'll take the money that's supposed to pay for a Philippines trip or whatever. You'll take it and buy a new car with it that you actually didn't need. Versus you give it for the right reasons, God will give you a car. You see, how, how many people, I mean, just in here, you've been given vehicles and, you know, it's happened many times throughout this that where the Lord actually longs to do more than you are aware of, but because we're not flow-minded and we're not love-minded, we try to get those things ourselves. So many times what we'll do is we'll give and sow with the wrong heart, and we'll come up here, and what ends up happening is when we sow into the offering or when we sow our time and resources into a ministry trip, we're sowing not out of love, but out of a payment. And you need to make this distinction because many times this is why what stops the flow of the provision of God in our lives. How many people feel like at some time you've given too much or too little in your offerings? I have. And I watch it. When people start getting a revelation of seed time and harvest, they'll start giving, and most times they'll actually start to give too much because they think that that's what God wants them to do. Listen, the right amount is always obedience. The right amount is always obedience. And obedience doesn't always mean the most. I've heard ministers say, I'm not, I don't like this statement at all. I've heard ministers say that if you have a $20 bill and a $100 bill in your wallet and you're wondering which one God wants you to give, it's always the higher amount. I disagree with that. I, because why? The Lord will tell you what to give. 
And, and the right amount is not always the highest. The right amount is obedience. It's obedience, always. If you love me, you'll be obedient. You'll, you'll stay in connection. Remember, he says that if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. How many people would like to eat the good of the land? But we have to be willing and obedient. Now, I want you to see this. The obedience part is doing what he says, but the willing part is being happily cheerful to be obedient to him because you love him. So if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good land. Not just obedient, but the willingness. Obedience with the right heart. Obedience with the right heart. Lord, I'm looking to give to you. I've, I've thought about this before. I've been in services before, and you know maybe I'm known and people know me, and I'm I'm writing a check for an offering, and and the Lord say, I want you to give to me today, and I want you to give, you know, and it's a big meeting, and you know I don't know what they do back there when they count, but maybe they're looking for my name because they're expecting a big offering to come out of me because I'm a pastor. And I can write not only a personal offering, but I can write an offering from the church. And so I know that that, whatever I write it for might come back and and be seen. And I've sat there and the Lord has spoke to me. And most of the time we have a certain amount that we will give when we give a minimum, so to speak. I've had the Lord speak to me and tell me, I don't want you to give, but just this little amount. And I've been sitting there like, they're going to see my name on that little amount. They're going to see my name on that little amount. And I I don't want to be embarrassed by that. What's the right amount? Obedience. What's the right amount? Obedience. Then sometimes the Lord has said, I'll be sitting in the service, and he'll say, I want you to write this amount. And I've thought, dear God, do we even have that amount in the account? I'm not sure. What's the right amount? Obedience. God knows. I remember one time, it was, it was a time when we received some of the biggest offerings we've ever received, and we had the most in the bank account we'd ever had before. I mean, I just pulled up the bank account in the, in the ministry account, and I went, oh, praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Just looking at the figure. I was like, I've never seen that before. Hallelujah. Like, I felt like we had arrived as a church because of the figures in the bank account. Feelings, not right, but I felt like it. Well, sure enough, I go to a meeting. God says, I want you to write all of that. If I took my identity from what that number is, he just ruined my identity and my value. Praise God that we don't take our identity and our value based off of what's in the bank account. Do I have an amen? There's many years, if we took our identity from our bank account, we would be in the negative all the time. We would have a negative value and a negative identity because that's where our bank account was. 
It basically stayed there, either at zero or in the, in the red almost all the time. I know none of y'all have ever been there, but we've been there. And I don't like revisiting that. But if God's telling you to sow something, the right amount is always obedience. If he's telling you to go on a mission trip, the right amount is always obedience. If he's telling you to run around the church during worship, the right amount is always obedience. With the right heart, with a willing heart. See, we don't want to, how many people, you don't have to raise your hand on this, but God's told you to give something. You didn't even feel like giving that day. That you go up there and you're carrying the offering up there. And and even as you, you're not doing this in front of people, but in your heart, you're kind of like this. (laughs) Take that, God. You wanted it. And and your heart was like, I don't even want to give this today. I can tell which one of you have, have seen that and felt that before. I can look on your faces and tell, like, oh, you've done that. Other people are like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can't believe somebody would think like that. I understand. You're holy. I get it. The right amount is always obedience. I was pretty much there all the time. Like, I, I'm, I know this is right. I know it's the right thing to do. But, man, my heart wasn't willing yet. But think about this, if if I'm going to be willing and I'm going to be obedient, I've got to hear from the Lord. One word from the Lord carries with it all the provision. When I started to realize that, think about that. When Jesus told Peter to come on the boat and he he said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. He said, come. In that one word, come, in that one word was all the provision for Peter to do the supernatural. The same thing applies when God tells you to do something or to give something. The same thing. And so when I'm at that big meeting, everybody knows my name, and the Lord tells me to give the little offering. If I want to stay in provision, I want to stay in supernatural, then I need to stay in obedience. Because the provision is in His Word. If, if, I, if He tells me a small amount and I write ten times that amount, then I don't get the same blessing out of it because I wasn't willing and obedient even though I gave more. What's important is, what's the Lord saying to you? But if you think that God's always going to tell you the smaller amount, don't fool yourself. He'll tell you the larger amount too. You've got to be willing to do it either way. That's the key. Because the right amount is always obedience. The right amount is always obedience. And the reason why the Lord had me bring this up today is because I believe many of you have been being disobedient in your giving. I believe many people have been being disobedient. You've been trying to give out of emotion. You've been trying to give to get to a different level. And all you need to do is connect with God, flow with Him, hear from Him, and be obedient. Just be obedient. What's He telling you to do? What's he telling you to do? Now, at the same time, part of obedience is that you yearn to increase your giving. When he says, uh, when he tells us that if you sow little, then you'll reap little, what he's telling you to do is start believing God to go to higher levels. Start believing God to go to higher levels, right? Think about this. If you know me and you've kept up with anything that I'm doing, you probably know that when I, we have six men of God that we're connected to. 
six men of God, Brother Tracy Harris, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, Ted Shellsworth Sr., Pastor J.B. Whitfield, Pastor Chris DiCiaccio, and our pastor, Pastor Gene Alexander. And every time we run into them at any event, uh, we sow into them personally. Nicole and I personally, not the church. We give to them personally. Why? It's something, it's obedience that the Lord told us to give, right? And when we give to them, it, we started out with every time we saw them was $25, right? Well, it's, it's multiple times that now, and we just increased it again, all right? So we do that every time. Well, now just think about that. We just had a Fathers of Faith meeting. I saw another one every night. Yeah, start multiplying that out. Every night I saw a new one, right? And, and, and what started out smaller has grown. Now watch this. This will make you think twice about a Father's of Faith meeting. In the logic. Like, you're receiving. We're giving. Because every time I see them, I'm go- we're going to give. I made the promise. I made the commitment. We purposed in our heart to sow. Let me tell you, I've never been without when it came time because God gives seed to the sower. I've never been without to do that. There's times I've been, I've, I've been coming up to it, and I'm like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to have the money. So as soon as I'm about to go see him, somebody walks up and goes, the Lord just told me to give this to you, and it'll be the exact amount that I take, and I can sow into them. I can sow into them. I, I want, let me share something with you. Um, I'm going to mute out for just a second. Now, the reason I say that is the Bible commands us actually to sow personally into, uh, into ministries and into the people that sow into us. And when we see that obedience taking place, we can know that a harvest is on the way. There's things that we need to do and make sure that we're paying attention to the leading of the Lord because the right amount is always obedient. It's always obedience. The right amount is always obedience. Always obedience. One time, I'll tell you, one time uh, these guys, they were looking, Buddy and Serena were looking for something to sow. They didn't have much finances in their account, but they said their heart was purposed to give. 
They said, Lord, what do you want us to, what do you want us to give? And uh, the Lord told them, he said, cook up, bake a uh, pumpkin pie and take it to pastors. They're like looking for seed. They didn't have money, but they had the ingredients or enough to get the ingredients for that. And, but, and brought that pumpkin pie, stopped as soon as they were done, delivered it to the house and gave us pumpkin pie. Listen, I didn't need a pumpkin pie any more than I needed a hole in the head. I didn't need any more sweets or desserts or anything like that. And when I say this, it, I want you to hear this though. One of the best offerings we ever had in our life because it was totally obedience to God. And man, I ate it like it was obedience. Glory to God. I, I just want you to know, I consumed it in faith. Amen. I, I, I consumed it. And it, not only that, it was really awesome. But here's, here's the point. They took obedience in that moment. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at myself. <laughs> they took obedience in that moment. They had a heart to give, and obedience said, fix this, fix this now, and take it over there. And so they did. They did exactly what, what it was. Some people say, that's too little. No, it's not too little. It's obedience. The right amount is always obedience. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to act like you're something more. You don't have to act like you're something less. You just be obedient. God tells you to give little, give little. He tells you to give a lot, give a lot. He tells you to give average, give average. Just be obedient. The right amount is always obedient. And, and what does it say about obedience? In Deuteronomy chapter 28, it shows us in the Old Covenant that when we're obedient, what happens? We're blessed. When we're obedient, we're blessed. When we're obedient, we're blessed. When we're obedient, we're blessed. And listen, even if you don't see the blessing coming yet, know that you, you are stacking up harvest when you get obedient. When you start stacking on obedience after obedience after obedience after obedience, you're stacking up harvest. And before you know it, there's going to be waves of harvest that are coming into your life. Waves of harvest. The right amount is always obedience. The right amount is always obedience. Romans chapter 8, turn there. Romans chapter 8 and verse 13. Actually, I think I might start a scripture before that. Yeah, verse 12. Romans chapter 8 and verse 12. So then, brethren, we are under obligation. We're under an obligation. Do you hear that? He's talking to believers. Believers... You're under an obligation. There's an obligation when you live for Christ, and it's not to make your own rules. The obligation is to be led by the Spirit in obedience. The obligation is to be led by the Spirit in obedience. Has there anybody ever tried to be obedient and failed miserably besides me? I can't tell you how many times I've failed miserably trying to follow Christ. Most times when I've failed miserably, I've been doing it in my own strength and not in God's strength. And or, and or, 
I've actually loved the things of the flesh more than I love the things of the Spirit. But the right amount is always obedience. But many Christians in today's society, they think they can just make up their own stuff. But obedience is the key. In Hebrews chapter 1, around verse 8, it says that Jesus loved righteousness, hated unrighteousness, hated wickedness, hated sin, but he loved righteousness. What is righteousness? But walking out obedience. Righteousness is what you're empowered with when you're born again so that you can walk out obedience. And he loved walking out obedience, and he was anointed. How many people would like to pray for things and it actually come to pass? You know, most of the church in America today, they don't even believe that prayer works. But God, that's not what the Bible says. God actually has the Bible where He's designed prayer to work for us. But many people, they don't have their prayers working because they're not walking in obedience. Many people have things that are falling apart in their life because they've missed obedience. If I ever find that I'm praying for stuff and it's not working or I'm finding that I'm in a jam and, and things just like things are breaking around me, things are not, the first thing I will do, I will stop what I'm doing, back up and say, man, am I being obedient? Let me judge myself properly. Let me make sure I got these things in order. If I find myself in lack or hard and heavy and not easy and light, the first thing I do is I back up and say, is there some obedience that I'm missing? Have I actually been trying to be obedient but on the wrong things? In other words, I, I'm, I feel like I've been obedient, but did I hear it wrongly? Right? Because that's what happens a lot of times. People think they're doing what God told them to do, but they're actually being disobedient because God never said to do that. They assumed it was right. And in today's society, when the world is preaching to every the world, not church, the world is preaching to everybody, you be your own self. You, you please yourself. Whatever you think, that's truth. Then you have a whole world that's preaching to us that obedience is whatever you feel like. Well, that's about as contrary to the Bible as you can get. Obedience is not what you feel like. Obedience is, is only based on truth. And this is a supernatural book. This is our standard. You, you're not going to get away from that. If you love me, Jesus says, you'll be obedient. The right amount is always obedience. And, and understand that it, when you go into John chapter 15, he starts talking about pruning John chapter 15 is one of the most whew, sobering chapters in the Bible because he's talking about if you don't do these things right, you can be pruned. And then eventually he's, he, he says in another verse, he said, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. And he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. Man, this is some sobering stuff. And in order to make sure how many people you don't want to find out in heaven at the judgment seat that you didn't know Christ. How many you don't want to find that out there? Then that means you have to judge yourself today on the earth before you get there. And you have to judge yourself properly and say, you have to say, Lord, let me make sure that I'm not misinterpreting 
what I'm sensing and what I'm feeling, let me make sure it lines up with truth. Let me make sure that my fruit is biblical fruit. And one of those fruits is, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Remember he said, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, which means you're the director of my life. You tell me what to do. And Jesus says, I never knew you. You never really listened to me. That's what that statement is. In other words, you were being obedient to something, but Jesus is saying, but it wasn't me. And they'll be known, he says, you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. They'll be known by their love and known by their fruit. That means that if they're known by their love, they're known by their obedience. They're known by their obedience. Are you known for obedience to Christ? Are we known by our obedience to Christ? Man, that church will do whatever God tells them to do. You might be in a church that will do pretty much whatever God tells them to do, but are you individually that person? Are you making up your own rules as you go along? Many, many times, you know, it's like, well, you know, I love, I love God and I'm going after Him, but I don't have to go to church. I can go out in the woods and have church. No, I'm sorry, dear one, that's not how church works. You're not having church out in the woods. Church is an assembly of the citizens of the kingdom of God. It's it's laid out pretty clear. I'm sorry that you've not known that. I'm sorry that you've been allowed to think that that's different. But you are literally being disobedient to who you say is your Lord and Savior. By doing that, it's wrong. It's incorrect. You have to go get into a body that's going to hold you accountable. And you have to submit to a pastor. And be planted in that. You can't just go do whatever you want to and say that you're being obedient. The right amount is obedience, and obedience is determined by what this book says. By what the Bible says. You can't just say, and you have a lot of people, they're like, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm in church and, and I have a pastor, but I don't, I don't have to go to him and, and talk to him. No, no, you actually do. That's a part of obedience is giving yourself to the ascension gifts, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and yielding so that you can grow up to the fullness of the stature of Christ. And and he tells us that when we submit to God, which is also submitting to his ways, grace and greater grace will be given. The right amount is always obedience And obedience means we don't get to make up our own rules as we go. We can't do that. This world has taught us differently, but it's not what the Bible teaches, and it's not what Jesus taught. He teaches us. He'll let us go a different way. He'll let us, but we don't want for him to let us do anything. We don't want Jesus. He'll, He'll let you go to hell. Because he lets you have your own decision. But we don't want Jesus to let us go do anything outside of obedience. Because the right amount is always obedience. This is something that we have to determine within ourselves and purpose in our heart to change the way we think so that we're saying, Lord, 
I'll be obedient to you no matter what you tell me to do. Because sure enough, as soon as you determine that in your heart, God's going to ask you to do something you don't want to do. He's going to ask you to do something. Just this week, just this week, I had somebody talk to me, said, hey, pastor, I want to do this and I want to serve the kingdom of God. I said, okay, fine, do this, do this. The next day, I get a message. The very next day, I get a message. Hey, pastor, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. The next day. It's like, what would you even ask for? And a lot of times what people want is they want recognition. They want, they want to be seen for what they know. It's a pride thing, but they don't realize it. You've got to learn that the right price is always obedience. If you're coming and you're planted, there's a system. For example, life groups. You, if you're coming and you're planted in the church, you need to be in a life group. It doesn't work right if you're not. I have people that are like, I just don't feel like I'm getting the help that I'm supposed to get. Are you at a life group? Well, no, we haven't gone to a life group yet. This is what the Lord told us to do. And this is the place God told you to be planted. This is how it works. There's reasons for life groups. Get in a life group. And we got the greatest life group leaders. They're awesome. They're awesome. But that's a part of obedience. Well, I just don't feel like life groups for me. Who's leading you? Who's leading you? Because it's not the Lord at this moment. It's not the Lord. Well, you just can't tell me what to do. Not telling you what to do. I'm confirming what the Lord's wanting to do in your life. We're offering what the Lord told us to do. You can choose to play a part or not. You can choose to be obedient. God doesn't make you, but He will let you do anything. You don't want Him to let you do things. You want to submit. You want to submit to His ways. And God gives the church a vision in His ways. But the right amount is always obedience. Again, many people are off because either their heart is not willing to be obedient, or what they think is obedience isn't. And this is, you know, I've said this many times over the years as I started getting more and more understanding on this. The average American, this is in my opinion, these are not scientific numbers, this is the opinion of a pastor that's been ministering for quite some time. The average American in church is only right about what they think about 60% of the time. That leaves 40% to be off. Well, that should wake all of us up. That should go, what? 40% is a lot of wrong. I mean, it only takes one per, like less than 1% to be sinful because he says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So you can take less than 1% of sin and bring sin to the whole body. So if we got 40% that's off, well, why am I saying that? To make you be in fear? No. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that so that you will sober up and stop thinking that the way that the world has taught us is right. It's not. 
It needs to be confirmed in this word. There needs to be, there needs to be things in this word that shows us what's right and what's wrong so that we can walk in obedience. The right amount is always obedience. And why are we talking about this? Do you remember at the beginning of the year what, what we said about 2023? 2023, the year of the glory. The year of the glory. As soon as we preached about the glory, and what's the glory? All the goodness of God, the presence of God, the honor of God, the weightiness of God. As soon as we preached about the glory, what came out right after that? You remember the messages? A couple of messages. Huh? The fear of the Lord and holiness. What is that? Walking in obedience. So why is the Lord talking to us about obedience? He actually wants to get us in the glory, but without walking in obedience and walking in holiness, we won't walk in all the goodness of God. But God wants us to have it. He wants you to have the glory of God. He wants you to walk in all of His goodness. He wants that for you. And how many people you've ever had something and God told you to stop doing this in the flesh, you know, your corrupted flesh in, in sin. He, ever, he told you to stop doing something in sin and, and you didn't want to do it. Your flesh was like, no, I like this. I want to keep doing this. And, and every, I hope you all all know what I'm talking about. If you don't, we'll cast that lying devil out of you in, in a minute. But you ever, you ever, you've been like, man, nah. Because what does the Bible say? It says sin is pleasurable for a season. For a little bit, it's pleasurable. But the wages of sin is death. It's death to something. There's lack that comes out. So sin is pleasurable to the flesh. Now to your spirit man that's born again, it's not pleasurable. But to your flesh, it is. But you ever had something God asked you for, and then all of a sudden you're like, I, I want to keep doing this. 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 And you keep doing it for a while, and it just, like, nothing's getting better. So finally, you get so frustrated, you're like, all right, I'm going to give you this. And you give that sin up, and all of a sudden, you feel like a brand new person. You're like, this is great. This is awesome. Why did I ever fight this? This is the greatest thing ever. I remember one time, uh, we had somebody come and visit the church. They had never been here before. They didn't know anything about the anointing. They didn't know anything about the power of God. And I prayed for them, and, and the power of God hit them. And uh, they were like, wow. And they were walking out the door. I'm standing at the door uh, telling everybody bye. And I said, did you receive from God today? They are like, did I receive from God? How do I describe this? They said, it's like when you prayed for me, it's like I just did a hit of cocaine. I'm like, that's one of the greatest testimonies I've ever heard in my life. I was like, and you don't have a hangover, and you're not addicted to something in sin, and you had a rush like a drug. See, that's just it. The devil takes the things of God and counterfeits them. And when we'll actually give... Think about this. If we would actually take that, let's say that somebody was addicted... Uh, to any drug, and they actually gave that to God, God would give them back the anointing, which is better than any other drug. 
And he would replace it with better. I can remember one time I was like, God was telling me to do something. And I was like, okay, I'll do this. And my flesh didn't want to do that. And sure enough, as soon as I did that, he replaced it with the most pure and beautiful thing, thing things I'd actually been desiring for, just like that. I went, my goodness, why didn't I do this a long time ago? And I I believe if I would have heard the Lord talking, he would have said, I don't know, why didn't you? (laughs) Like if you'd have just done it, it'd have been so much better. If you just just yielded to me, just yielded to me. The other day after the broadcast, I get to tell them Caroline before she even knows that we're talking about her. How old is she? 15 months? 16 months? She's 16 months old. Barrett, come up here, stand by that speaker. She's 16 months old, and we're in, we're in the, in the uh, studio for the broadcast. And uh, Barrett, she's at this place where she's a really strong-willed child. <laughs> That, that's her dad laughing. And uh, she's a strong-willed child. And uh, come, come in front of that monitor. And uh, she's strong-willed. And she's sitting there. And uh, Barrett says, come here. And she didn't want to come here. And she was like whining because what she wanted was she wanted Barrett to go pick her up and carry her and hold her the whole time. And, and I've told them, you know, I said, listen, you have to recognize this early. Strong will is great if it's pointed at the right things. But when strong will is allowed to be utilized by corrupted flesh, it's bad, 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 right? And so Barrett and George have been like, hey, pastor, help us learn how to raise our kids because this is our first one. And uh, help us learn how to do this. I said, well, you start right now, even at 16 months. You don't wait till they're, you know, that, that strong will multiplied times teenagers too late. You know, that's too late. Like, you're in trouble then. Like, it, you can still do it, but it, it's a lot harder. Start now. Well, I'm, she's 16 months. And so she gets up, and she's walking and crawling now. And she's like 12 feet away from Barrett. And, and Barrett's like, come here, like loving mother, Come here. It's going to be good. And I was like, this is just like God. He's like, please come here and do this. Like, if you'll just be obedient, it'll be that much better. It's so easy, right? It's so easy. And and so, anyway, so she's sitting there. And every time she say, come here, she go, whoa. Why? Because her flesh didn't want to be obedient. Her flesh didn't want. the The right amount is always obedient. Her flesh didn't want to be obedient. How does a kid at 16 months, have rebellion. Well, George, it says the sins of the father are passed down. So, I, I, <laughs> Got him. I, <laughs> I mean, it's just scripture. <laughs> look, look how pleased Barrett is right now. <laughs> Got him. All right. So, anyway, so he... She's sitting there. She goes down on her knees <laughs> like this. And then, and then she'd say, come here. And she, she would do this. She, she'd go, Barrett would say, come here. And she'd go, uh, and then she'd realize that she was about to give in. And then she'd back back up and go, ah, like this and everything. And like how many adults? We had like five adults in, the, in there. And uh, all the adults are like, oh, my God. 
And like their flesh was pressured because of all of this. Like it was 12 feet. She can cover that in like two seconds. 12 feet. But she didn't want to be obedient. She didn't want to give in. I'm like, this is just like church. This is just like pastoring right here. It's like how many people, it's like if you would just learn to give instead of fighting it every time you come up here, you would actually enter into a system of God where you're blessed. If we would just learn to yield to God, it would be so much easier if we would just listen and learn to be quickly obedient and with a willing heart. All she had to do was just... And it was done in two seconds. Forty minutes later. Forty minutes later. She's still sitting there whining. And the Lord will give you wisdom like, okay, there's a blockage right here. Let's change locations but keep the same ingredients here. So all of the adults went outside the room where she couldn't see us. I, I positioned them. Where it was the same situation, she can't get to the other adults. She's got to go to Barrett, and Barrett, she's got to be obedient. So we go outside, we kind of change locations to help her break that kind of stronghold of, I'm not leaving this spot. As soon as we walk outside the door, within two seconds, she's at the door looking outside. I'm like, where? And now you move. See, we were using her curiosity to help her out. And so sure enough, Barrett goes, same position, same 12, thank you, same 12 feet apart. Barrett goes, come here. She goes, at the door now, you know. And we're like, man, if we just learn, think about this. Is God withholding any good thing to those who walk uprightly? Is God ever going to tell you something that's going to be wrong? And so everything God tells you to do, it's going to be right. Right? Do you agree? It's going to be right. So, and, and does he know everything? Does he see every detail? Does he see every detail? He does. He sees every detail. And so all we have to do, do you have to know every detail? Because God knows every detail. And he loves me more than I love myself. And he's not withholding any good. All I got to do is hear from him. It's always opportunity to increase. Whatever he says, always opportunity to increase. If he actually loves me and he can see everything, he knows every detail, he knows every variable involved, and then he tells you something to do, it's good. It's right. And the right amount to pay or to give, is always obedience. Why would I fight somebody that loves me that much and knows that much and can see into my future? Why would I fight him? Why would I think for a split second that there's another option when God's telling me something? Now, I need to make sure that it's God talking and not my own personal bias Because if I'm operating in the 40% that's not right, then it could be not God, and then I could be trying to be obedient when I'm actually being disobedient. We don't want that to happen. And the truth is, I think almost everybody in here that's been going for a while, I've watched you do that, and I've watched myself do that, where you thought it was God, but it wasn't God. So you want to judge that. That's what a pastor really is to help you do, 
is to discern what's God and what's not. Not tell you what to do, but help you figure out, is what I'm hearing, is that actually the Lord or not, right? But then the right amount is what? As soon as you know it's God and you got confirmation of it. Always, when you think you hear something from God, get confirmation. And confirmation is not because, well, I got a job offer. That's not confirmation. Get confirmation from some people that spiritually know how to discern, a.k.a. your pastor. It should be. If any pastor's worth anything, they should know how to hear and help you get to your discernment. Don't just assume that it's right because you don't want to be being obedient on the wrong thing because then you're going backwards. Get, get confirmation. As soon as you think you hear something, I don't care how old you are in Christ, get confirmation, especially when it's a big ticket item. Well, pastor, I just felt led to go out and buy, get these hundred payments of $700 a month on this car, on this Toyota. It's only 10 years old. I don't think the Lord's in that. That's a hundred payments too much. That's not including the other two hundred payments. You're going to be paying the body shop and the engine shop and the transmission shop. I think that's a hundred payments too much. Well, I just felt the Lord on it. I wish you would have gotten confirmation before you signed your name. That's what a pastor's there for, is to help us from make. It's like a insurance. It's like keeps us from making, making the wrong choice. But see, we'll go be obedient on something, and really what it was was we just wanted an answer today, and we wanted to stop worrying about it. We wanted to get this decision out of our way, and so we were biased to make a decision, but it wasn't actually God's decision. Where's Hannah? Back here. Hannah. How, how often were you tempted to go and buy a car and you had a little bit of the money? How, how many times? Like every day. That's a lot of days between the time. Like every day. Was it better to be patient and get confirmation? And as you got confirmation, even though, like she's sending me cars. She's sending me cars. Like, hey, Pastor, what do you think about this? I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not feeling it yet. I don't think that's the Lord. She's sending me cars. Oh, what about this one? Then she kind of backed off for a while because she realized like I wasn't like giving a yes on everything. And then all of a sudden she got given a great car. Great car. Drove it out to Texarkana. Yeah. Great car. Is that better than the payment she would have been making? Yeah. This is why. Be patient. God's got it. You don't have to rush stuff. Don't just try to knock out and check off the box of your decisions you feel like you need to make. Maybe you need to make the decision, maybe not. Maybe God's already made the decision for you. <laughs> the right amount is always obedience. I'm, I'm relieved. I'm moving on. I felt the pressure. I felt I was in your, in your wheelhouse, and I'm backing off. I'm like, Amen. I can feel it. You're like, oh, Pastor, like you're meddling now. I'm just trying to save myself heartache from your phone calls 
complaining about the car that you went and got those hundred payments on, and you're telling me, I don't have the money. I'm just saving myself time. I'm not meddling. I'm just trying to help. (laughs) By meddling. (laughs) Dear Lord, did you get discernment on those socks this morning? (laughs) (laughs) What is that? (laughs) Captain Kirk. (laughs) (laughs) Stand up here. All the way up here. Let them see. Captain Kirk. Show the other one. It's the ray gun. I, need, I, needed, I needed discernment just to keep on preaching. <laughs> Those are great. Those are great. Amen. The right amount is always obedience. It's always obedience. When the widow gave the two mites, we still talk about her offering today because the right amount was not a big offering. It was obedience. When the boy gave the five loaves and the two fishes, We still talk about that offering today because the right amount was not even, they they were saying like 300 denarii. Uh, You know, that's that's like almost a year's wages. That wasn't enough money to buy food for all the people that were there. That wasn't enough, but the lunch was. Because the right amount is always obedience. Right? The right amount was always obedience. Obedience. When, when Peter went out to fish and he caught the fish with the gold coin in his mouth, his obedience was the action. So his offering was taking action on the words of God. The right amount is always obedience. He had everything he needed simply because he was obedient. Peter had the right amount and he had the right supernatural power when he stepped out on the word to come. Because the right amount is always obedience. The right amount is always obedience. Now, you, know, you see the widow's might, that's not a very big offering. You see the one lunch, that's not a very big offering. You, you, and, unless certain people, you know, certain people like one lunch is a big offering, Pastor Lake. I, I feel like you're lying to me right now. Um, <laughs> I remember Corey, Corey Johnston who went with us to the Philippines he had never fasted before and I went into that 40 day fast I started talking about fasting he's like I gotta, I gotta not eat I've never missed a meal I have never missed a meal I was like you can do it you won't die and uh, he started fasting. He was like calling me like hour one after the first meal missed. Like, are you sure I won't die? Because I feel like I'm about to die right now. I feel like I'm about to die. And if I would have had the message then, I would have said, the right amount is obedience, right? And uh, now he fasts all the time. But I, I remember when he first did it, he was like, he, he was like 
I, this, I feel like I'm about to die. He said, then I learned that my body will settle down and that will go away. I'm like, yeah, it will be fine. You'll be good. You're not dying. But you can see that that one lunch was not a very big price to pay. The widow's mite, that wasn't a very big price to pay. Him going fishing, you know. Uh, to some people, they'd be like, that's easy. I'll go fishing. Like Jesus tells me to go fishing, I'll go fishing. Like, that might not be a very big price to pay. But it was the exact price, the exact right amount, because it was obedience. But then you look at the alabaster box. The woman who broke the alabaster box, and the alabaster box, they literally say, this could have been sold for a year's worth of wages. In other words, in, in North Carolina, the average wage is like 52000 is your average wage and sal- salary. In Stanley County, it's like 35000 36000 a year. So that box was literally a whole year's worth of wages. And all she did was broke that oil over Jesus to anoint him, and then it was smelly for a while and then gone. And this is why Judas got mad because he was a thief, and he was like, this could have been sold. He wasn't seeing that it was a dishonor to Jesus. He was seeing that year's wages could have been in his pocket because he was stealing from the treasury. And, and so, he, but here, that's how we know what the amount is. I want you to think about this. And that story is still told to this day, and she's known because she broke a year's wages over Jesus that was here for a few moments, and then that smell, and that, that smell was gone. But was it the right amount? It was absolutely the right amount. And we're still talking about it today. So it can be little or it can be a lot. You also see the Shunammite woman. Her and her husband, they build, they're like, hey, there's a man of God coming by here. Let us give him a place to stay. They build a whole room on, put the bed, put the desk in there, put the lamp in there. They build the prophet's chambers. Think about, if you added a whole room onto your house, what's that going to cost? It's, you know, that's easily, what's that going to cost? You know, 15, 20 grand, something to, easy. Today, more than that. Used to, you could do it for less than that. How much? Just a room. Just one room. 50 grand to add a room onto your house. So here's 50 grand in today's numbers to add this room on. That one cost a little bit more, but it was obedience. Out of that obedience, she, she literally got a son, got her son raised back from the dead, when a, when a drought and a famine was on the land for seven years, she actually received back everything that was lost during the famine and had a government official assigned to her to make sure it was all right. Off of that one seed, was it worth it? I guarantee you she received more than the 50 grand back to her when just in the famine. But how do you put a value on having a son when they, when they were barren? How do you put a value on that? But obedience sowed the seed. The right amount is always obedience. And then you look at Jesus. It says he became obedient even to pay the price on the cross. And Philippians 2 says have the same attitude in yourself that you're willing to pay whatever it is. In, in Luke 22 he says, Father, if you're willing... He says, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. In other words, he was saying, Father, 
I will be obedient. And Philippians 2, it says, and this is why he has a name above every other name. And if you go into John 14 and 15, you'll see that if you abide in him and abide in his obedience, you'll pray and your prayers will be answered. How important is obedience to us? Again, it can't be obedience in something you think is right, but it's not actually right with God. It's got to be what God says. It has to be what God says. And that's why we want to make sure that we're always walking in that obedience and we have that discernment. The Lord will show us and take us to places great and mighty, and he'll do the supernatural if we will be obedient. Sometimes that obedience is an offering. Sometimes that obedience is going on a mission trip. Sometimes that obedience is funding a missions trip. Sometimes that that obedience is doing all kinds of, of different things. Sometimes that obedience is just sitting there and yielding to God. Lord, I yield to you. I give myself to you. Lord, I thank you when I don't feel like thanking you. I rejoice when I don't feel like rejoicing. I take my thoughts captive when I want to keep thinking them. I, want, I, I do something different when I'm used to doing it this way. I grew up all my life thinking and acting this way, and now you're asking me to do something else. If he loves you that much, and he knows that much, and he asks you to give it, there's a purpose for it, and it always leads to your increase, and you'll find that when I give it to, to the Lord, it'll instantly turn into a better harvest just simply because... God's asking me to do it. Doesn't matter how you were raised. Doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter what your normal is. If God's asking you to change that thinking and go a different way, it's always opportunity increase. And when he asks you, the right amount is always obedience. Just close your eyes. Father, we thank you for showing us what to do for leading us to the places of obedience. And when we're obedient, the blessing of God is going to be poured out in us. Lord, we thank you in advance for that blessing because we, because we are going to be obedient, empowered by you. The first step for every person, the first step for every person to move into obedience is to walk through the door of Jesus. To move into intimate fellowship and to stay there. It was interesting the other day when Pastor Chris was talking, he talked about about getting things right. He talked about being disciplined and being obedient and walking with the Lord and not saying no but saying yes to God. And this is a good church and people are growing. But then he asked, hey, if you've got something off and you, and you want to get it right, come to the altar now. And guess what? The altar filled up. I was so, it was one of the most pleasing moments as a pastor I've ever seen that in spite of everybody seeing, seeing us, the people said, Lord, I want to get right with you. And so today, if you want to be obedient, the right amount, that is obedience. The first obedience is get in fellowship with God. If you just get in fellowship with God, then everything starts to work out. In His presence is fullness of joy. 
but you've got to connect with them. And there can be things that are holding you back from that connection. You can have the devil fighting you. You can, you can have sin that's been knocking at your door and you've been listening to it. But you've got to be in fellowship with God. And I'm not talking about you go to church and you know that you're going to heaven only. I'm talking about you might know that you're going to heaven, but you might not be in fellowship with God each day. And it needs to be refreshed. It needs to be renewed. And today I'm calling you to move into that obedience with God. Lord, I need you. Lord, I've got to have you today. And I need, to, I need to have my fellowship with you, my relationship with you. I need it healed. I need it not at 80% or 90%. I need my fellowship with you 100% today. And if that's you, I just ask you to raise your hand right now. Lord, I need my fellowship with you to be 100%. This is the first step of obedience, is to keep it there. Not only to be, get there one time, but to keep it there. And if your fellowship has not been at 100% with God, and you want to make that right at 100% with God today, just raise your hand. Just hold it up. Lord, Lord, I want to have my fellowship there with you. I see those hands all over the place. And so I invite every person in here to pray this prayer. You can put your hand down. I invite every person in here to pray this prayer. Lord... I ask you for your help today. Say it out loud with your mouth. Lord, I ask you for your help. Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. I will be obedient. Now just think about that. What you just said. Whatever you ask me, I'll be obedient. Whatever you ask me, I'll be obedient. Whatever you ask me, I'll be obedient. Thank you, Lord. Whatever you ask me, I'll be obedient. From the smallest thing to the largest thing. From an offering to my behavior to giving up sin to yielding, to taking my thoughts captive, to submitting. Lord, whatever you ask me, I'll do it. You believe that? Say it with me one more time. Jesus, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. You are the Lord of my life. You will know me, Lord, because I'll be obedient to you. And I know that you died for me and took my sin upon you. And I believe, say it with me, I believe that God brought you back to life. And when He raised you up from the dead, He raised me up with Him and saved me and seated me with Him in heavenly places. In Jesus' name. Jesus, I ask you, baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire so that I can live for you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just receive that right now. 
Now, if you don't know the Holy Ghost and flow with Him, baptized in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, there's a major, it's kind of like the life group thing. There's a major thing for you to know Him and to live and fellowship with Him properly. I know, I know somebody right now, man, they are struggling in different ways. And what they need is the Holy Spirit. But instead of yielding to the command and obedience to walk in the Holy Spirit, they fought it because religions taught them other things. They fought it because religions taught them other things. And if they just yield to it, it'd be so much easier. Just like Caroline coming to her mom. If she just yield to it, it'd be done and over so quick. You need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is what empowers you. You need to pray in the Spirit a lot. He empowers you to do the right things, to be the right things. The Holy Spirit empowers you. He actually says that it's the Holy Ghost and the baptism of the Holy Ghost that will teach you and help lead you to all things. He will disclose to you all of the wisdom of God that you need when you need it by the Holy Ghost. I want to invite you today in a second that if you need the empowerment of the Holy Ghost and you need that fellowship to be at a different level, I want to invite you to come up. Let me pray for you and let's get the Holy Spirit in action and operation in your life so you can live in full power full power God wants you not to have half power or a little bit of power He wants you to be at full power and it's the Holy Spirit that helps you do that if you need full power in your life you need the Holy Ghost operation and I'll pray for you and you'll have it before I, before I do that just every head bowed if you prayed with me a while ago to get your fellowship where it needed to be and you know right now, you're like, I needed to pray that. I want to pray for you. Lift your hand real quick. I needed to pray that this morning. Amen. I see hands all over. I needed to pray that. Father, right now, every person that raised their hand, let them be blessed in Jesus' name. Lord, seal them in your fellowship by the Holy Spirit. Seal them. Protect them. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over them. Let the power of God be on them and around them so that they will never, never fall away again in Jesus' name. Let your help and your grace go to work in their lives. Let your help and your grace go to work in their lives in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.